Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, a Tottenham Hotspur themed show brought to you by an assortment of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. Dave, welcome back. Happy New Year. How was your New Year's Eve? Happy New Year, Dags. Happy New Year, Spurs fans. Thank you. Uh, New Year's Eve was good. It's, it's actually my wedding anniversary as oh, well. Congratulations. So I, uh, we've, thank you very much. So we've always got a, a reason to celebrate, which is nice. And yet, well, we, we did what any uh, any cool married couple mm-hmm. would do. We went to the cinema <laughs> and, uh, and, and had our masks on and watched uh, the new Spider-Man film. And oh, it no was spoilers, okay. Dave. And, and, then, and then we had a, uh, went home and had a nice drink watching, watching Jules Holland. You know, classic. Sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. We've got a couple of extra guests on today. Elio, as always, joins us. No surprise there. Elio, welcome back. I would ask how was your new year, but I was with you. But uh, how are you feeling? It's 2022. Are you uh, full of hope and optimism for Spurs? I'm full of something and my belt's not <laughs> forgiving about it. Yeah, and your uh, your medium Spurs kit has not been particularly forgiving, I imagine, after that <laughs> festive season. Mm. And we have another guest joining us who's been uh, been sidelined for a little while. You may remember him from episodes gone by. Joe, welcome back. How are you doing? How was your New Year? Uh, it was pretty uneventful, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, good to start We're our age now, aren't we? Yeah, really? I know. As a group. I think COVID, of course, hasn't helped with, you know, gatherings and plans. But uh, no, it was good. Um, mm. Yeah, really nice break and yeah, good to start a new year. There you go, Dags, uh, 90 seconds before we mentioned <laughs> Yeah, COVID. yeah, I, I was saying I think we could get through the whole episode without, without mentioning it, but it's, it's just impossible. It just has to rear its ugly head one way or another, doesn't it? Well, look, you join us after a couple of games, and of course we're going to look back at the two matches that have happened since we last recorded. That was, of course, the draw with Southampton, slightly disappointing one there, and the very, very late win over Watford on New Year's Day as well. So we've got those two to talk about, but we also have a huge game coming up in a couple of days. We're going to try and get this all up and running and up that you guys listened to before that and that is of course the first leg of the semi-final against Chelsea which we're all very excited about we've all talked about Chelsea at great length in recent times and I expect we will be doing the same again today but before we get into that let's have a look back at the games that we've had so far so let's go back to the first one quickly Elio a bit of a frustrating one in many ways obviously we had a couple of refereeing decisions that didn't quite go our way and the result wasn't what we wanted but what did you make of the Southampton game? We were unlucky not to win. We deserved to. I think, obviously, sending off always helped, but the sending off came as a result of giving away a penalty after we'd been putting on enough pressure to deserve the equaliser that we got. Mm. So so I'm not going to weep too much for poor hard done by Southampton there. It was a fair red, wasn't it? Or second yellow, I should say. I'd say what the game showed, and I think what the next game also showed, is that we do lack a little bit of craft at the moment. So while we deserved a win for that game, we probably didn't get it because we created chances, but we weren't creating, let's say, the level of chances we were creating against Liverpool, who were more open and uh, gave us a bit more space in behind. So I think that's something that the club needs to address unfortunately the players that were signed to bring us craft in the last couple of years haven't quite worked out but what is pleasing is that we're going away showing a bit of resilience going behind digging in getting back in dominating a match that's a sign of improvement which I think beginning of this season second we go behind heads are dropping and you're getting another crystal palace results yeah exactly and we're not losing crucially and that's I think eight games undefeated Mm. which you know you might look at a game like that and think that's a bit of a missed opportunity but 
We're not losing, and that's the key thing. We're hard to beat. And, and on another day, we could have won that game as well. I mean, we'll talk about the offside goal, Harry Kane's goal, which was mm. you know a contentious issue. And once again, <laughs> we're looking at you know armpit hairs being the difference between an offside call. But as a performance, you know, both of them. Do you think there's a sign here that maybe we do need a bit more of a cutting edge? We're coming back to that old thing. We're starting to see signs that we are missing that midfielder that is going to just open up that Ericsson type. We are. I mean, most teams in the world are missing that Ericsson <laughs> yeah. type because you're talking about a world-class 20-plus goals and assists a season mm. player. So it's understandable that we don't quite have one and you could always hope to get a lesser version of one of those who you can just bring off the bench in those situations maybe to give you that craft. But at the same time, part of the problem at Spurs is that we've often signed players that are coming in to back up the first team as opposed to replace first teamers, mm. which means the first team doesn't improve, the bench doesn't improve, we end up going stale and eventually getting worse. So I understand why they're not going for that type and they would rather get sort of the top quality player. I also think there's probably still an element of they've only been working in this system under this coach with no preseason behind it getting their fitness levels up again for a couple of months now, disrupted by the big C as well with all those postponements that we had too. Mm. So I just think there is an element of still developing those patterns and that movement. Attacking patterns are far harder to develop than sort of defensive positioning, which is why our defence is looking enormously better. Mm. So there is an element of that. But we're also robbed by a referee that seemed to not really want us to win. Yeah, and let's talk about that referee. Specifically, let's talk about the offside. And VA. And VAR in general, and offside in general. And um, Joe, I saw your face just now when I mentioned the refereeing decisions in the offside goal. I have a feeling you might have a thing or two to say about that. Before you do, I just want to read, you probably all heard this quote. It was from the beginning of the season or from the end of last season. It was from Mike Riley, who was the, uh, what is he, the chief of referees or something like that, some fancy title. And he, he was talking about how they wanted to stamp out these ridiculous tight offside calls. And he says... Fundamentally, we want the approach to be one that allows players to go out and express themselves and let the game flow. It means that the VAR teams will not intervene for trivial offences and threshold for referee and VAR intervention will be slightly higher than it was last season. We've introduced the benefit of the doubt for the attacking player. So where we have a really close offside situation, we will follow the same process as last year, but now apply thicker broadcast lines. And I think he goes on to talk about how, you know, you shouldn't be offside by like a nostril and stuff like that. And it was like a throwback to last year, wasn't it? It was a bit of one of those ridiculous ones where you're looking at thinking, how have they called that offside? Mm. Yeah, it was super frustrating because it was exactly what you said is what I said to the person I was watching it with, which is the armpit rule again, because it was probably Kane's like forearm that was offside. And I, I just don't know what advantage... You know, if your feet are behind the defender's feet in a foot race to mm. kind of get to the ball, I just don't know what advantage having your arm stretched in front of you that, that's maybe straying over the yellow line gives you. Yeah. Uh, it just, and it's also frustrating because it was such a lovely finish. Like, it's, it's what you want to see mm. Kane doing. Exactly. And, yeah. And then the thing that bugs me that I WhatsApped you about the next day with the Man City game was Foden's oh, goal. Foden's goal. Because, yeah. look, quality goal, amazing finish, typical Foden, mm. but his, his arm was slightly past the yellow line as well. Yeah. So I just. I don't know Which what it is. It makes a mockery of the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, because I think the rule is officially that if there's a part of your body that you can play the ball with, i.e., you know, your shoulder, then you're deemed to have an unfair advantage. But 
Elio and I were talking about this during the WAF game, actually. And I think what you were saying, Elio, is you think if you were in charge, if you were Mike Riley, chief of the referees association or whatever we want to call him, you would base it slightly differently and you'd have a different threshold for where offside is measured. How would you look at things? Absolutely. I mean, penalising someone from a shoulder being offside is ridiculous. What, Like Joe said, what advantage are you getting? How many players do you see other than maybe someone like Ronaldinho on the very crazy odd occasion scoring with their shoulder? <laughs> it, it's mad. And you're actually penalising someone for their running mm. style there essentially you're supposed to lean back um, while you're running exactly so I, I think i mean you can't go from the front of the foot in my opinion either because some people have bigger feet than others and that's just <laughs> penalizing them for for that i think dave's heard me mention this a long time ago as well i think back of the heel is the mm. only fair way to do it because that's the only sort of relatively level threshold no one has hyperextended heels on their feet so yeah. if you do it from the back of the heel you can actually tell who's ahead of who in a fair way regardless of what direction they're facing or whatever and that can actually decide it everything else leaves an element open to the gods essentially as to whether someone gets offside or not and then when that happens you also get that element of subjectivity you get whether the wind's blowing the shirt in a certain direction yeah. and the sleeve is a little bit yeah. over the line the heel I mean, is the it, heel it's, it's the, the, where the boot is you know exactly but then we're going to get players wearing boots with like a chunky back of the heel just to buy them an extra few inches for mm. the calls Dave <laughs> do you concur with, uh, with that idea are you just fed up with the whole thing altogether um, well, I kind of had my six-month-long whinge <laughs> after the Bamford goal that was disallowed oh, yes. against Crystal Palace. Oh, that one was, yeah. uh, Last season, where... He was where pointing, was wasn't he? Same pass here. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. It was pointing, so he got done mm. for offside for that. I don't know enough about it, and I don't know potentially have too much of a go about it, but if they've said in the rules that we're going to apply a thicker line, whatever the hell that <laughs> means, isn't this machine... Isn't this yeah. an actual machine that can draw the lines and then tell us if it's offside or onside? Why is Mike Riley or anybody who's in a VAR seat going, mm, look at those two lines, one looks you... offside, one looks not offside. Why, if you're applying yeah. thicker lines, if, it's, if, if we are living in 2022, which yeah. I believe we are now, then a computer can draw those lines, it can apply a thick line for the attacking player, it can apply a thin line for the defensive player, and if there is daylight... Of one pixel, mm. because you can do that, because we've got really good cameras in 2022 as well. So it should be a Hawkeye type thing. It should be like the goal line technology where the computer makes the decision yeah, and you go Yeah, I mean, it. I do kind of joke though that Hawkeye and Tennis, like, it's like, well, what would make this a better game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this in? There's just a guy with two buttons, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably the bit that I don't understand. I mean, to be honest, these offsides that are happening are happening. I can understand the frustration about the Foden thing, that yeah. uh, the Foden goal that was given and the Kane goal that wasn't. But at the same time, it's nothing in comparison to the penalty stuff, the penalty yes or no's, which I'm sure we'll go into when we talk about the Watford game, because yeah, you know that that whole complete bias that it puts on it by a referee saying in your ear, mate, you need to have a look at this again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nonsense. There were, there were a couple of rugby tackles in that game, but we'll get on to that. One decision that you can't dispute, and Elio actually called brilliantly in the last podcast, is the decision to play in midfield of Winks and Alley, which you, you predicted confidently and came to pass, Elio. How do you feel? Are you smug? Um, You I look mean... smug. I just felt that... <laughs> you didn't win. So. I just felt that the way... Yeah, I would have rather be wrong we'd won. Um, How did they do? He was rotating players. He had... Winks, I thought, did mm. all right. Delhi, having played so well v Liverpool, didn't play as well against Southampton, I think, once again. 
craft versus no craft, space in behind versus no space in behind. He had somewhere to run into against Liverpool. Yeah. He had those chances. That game suited he, him, he didn't, didn't it? have that against Southampton. Exactly, and I think once again that he's a player more than anyone else that misses Ericsson because he will make those runs against both types of defence, but it's a case of whether we have someone crafty enough to find him. Wiggs is good enough to do that against a high line like Liverpool's. Yeah, He's not quite good enough to do it against the Southampton defence all sitting back when they've got 10 men and have settled for the point. So, and that's not even a criticism of Wiggs, to tell you the truth, or of Delhi. that's just... Okay, so they are not the sort of player you need to unpick that. You need a De Bruyne to unpick that. You need an Erdegaard even to unpick that. You need someone who plays in sort of in between the lines and takes the ball on a half turn and does the thing that you don't expect. And we don't have that player. And Dombele was meant to be that player. Mm. We've got some chat about him later, I imagine. But uh, we you always can probably do. predict it yeah. now. I've got a tweet here, actually, from Seb stafford Bloor from the TIFO football podcast you guys might be familiar with. He is a Spurs fan. And this kind of encapsulates how I was feeling after the Watford game actually goes I think that's a perfect Tottenham win in a weird way it shows all the problems that need solving but without dropping points in the process with the window obviously having opened now Joe do you think looking at the last couple of games do you think this is a bit of a a shining light saying we need a midfielder we need our Christian Eriksen we need our you know our kind of guy to make that magic in the middle I know we've been talking about it all season but how do you feel about our assortment of midfielders and midfield options as things stand heading into the second half of the season I just completely echo what what you and Elio have just been saying to be honest I mean it's it's been the standout problem for the first half of the season you know defence looked really ropey at the start but that improved even under Nuno we've addressed and and seems quite good now So that's been the the obvious one. And then, yeah, the last two games have just been the perfect encapsulation at the perfect time before a transfer window to say that's exactly the position we need to solve. And and Dombele won't solve it. So we need to go out and spend some money and get... It's so funny Ericsson's the name that keeps coming up because he is just the perfect player to solve this problem, Peak Ericsson. Yeah, well, I think he's kind of out of our league at the same time because when we got him, he was a young prospect mm. and it was, you know, he was kind of a bit of a gamble, I suppose. He was doing very well in what, the Dutch league. But it's a surprise we um, got him. So it's one of those where you, talking about him. you need to stumble upon one of those. Yeah, I, I must admit, I mean, obviously a bit of a segue here, but I, I do remember when we signed Ericsson, he was one of those players that I'd heard a lot of fuss about maybe through FM or something. He was probably a wonder kid and I'd seen videos of him and everything. But I think that's the kind of player we're not going to go out and get in ready-made form isn't mm. necessarily yeah we're a different club to the club that signed Ericsson though the club that signed Ericsson had got into the Champions League once never finished above fourth and was still very mm. much in transition and had I think was AVB manager at yeah, the time yeah it was yeah. with the bail money wasn't it so it was a, yeah, AVB was the manager this club has Conte yeah. in charge one of sort of the elite managers of world mm. football this club has the most unbelievable stadium in the league maybe even in Europe this club has many years off the bounce in Europe in the Champions League. We've obviously got to a Champions League final and living memory. It's a completely different club and yeah. we're a lot more attractive now than the club that signed Ericsson. So even if we're not going out and taking, I don't know, your Mbappe's of the squad <laughs> or anything like that, we have the ability to take a player performing at his peak from a top level club now, not just a young up-and-comer from a second-tier league. Yep, that's probably fair. Oh, look, we're not going to get drawn into the temptation to talk about specific transfers and rumours because even though the window is open, it's probably still early days for that. So maybe by the next week, next week's episode, we'll be able to talk about some material things happening. But 
Elliot, we were talking about it the other day, and I perhaps quite boldly said that I think it's not ridiculous to suggest that with our current squad, we could finish fourth. That's not to say I don't think we should make any signings in the window, but you know, I'm now at a point where I've seen enough of our team to think that Conte knows what he's doing and we've got good players and we've got depth in areas. Dave, what do you think of this? Having been an avid Spurs viewer from the beginning of the season and watched every minute of Spurs football, give or take, do you think that's possible? Do you think if we didn't make any significant changes to the squad, we could still get into that top four? I mean, yeah. Yeah? I don't see any reason why not. Mm. I mean, uh, you're, what are you, two points off fourth right now? With so, in yeah. hand. so just by looking at that, you should be feeling confident. I know points on the board is better than games in hand, but still you've got to be feeling confident at the top end of the table, having two games in hand mm. uh, and potentially solidifying yourself in the top four. I think you're right in the sense that, you know, a, a really a door unlocking attacking midfielder would be a big difference for you guys. But at the same time, you've definitely got enough to be able to finish top four, especially with the fact that Arsenal aren't anywhere near the finished product yet, mm. although they played very well yesterday, but they still didn't win. Yeah. West Ham are having the season of their life and they're only a point ahead of you. And Man United, you know, they don't necessarily look like they uh, are improving as drastically as maybe Manchester United fans would have hoped they were. Yeah. Ralph um, not uh, solved everything. Too much to my delight. He's not mm. solved everything in four weeks, which is, you know, well, which is lovely Ra- news. Ralph out. Ralph out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in. Ronaldo in solve it solve it all yeah. um so yeah I think there's every reason to be positive but I would take it back to what we said when Conte was hired there's no way that if there's a, available players that Conte has identified that you won't be going in for them because he won't stand for it if you don't yeah absolutely and look, we'll hopefully have a bit more to talk about in detail on that next week or even the week after that so all that to look forward to. I'm sure we will see a million and one rumours before the window is shut. Conte has manoeuvred in the press to remind Levy that he told him that mm. there would be money to spend and that we would be making transfers. Conte has said that publicly. Right. The exact quote is, there will be new signings. When I was appointed, they said that we would meet to talk about it. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know whether that's a why haven't we met yeah. yet or just a reassurance to the fans or just a, a reminder to Levy, hey, remember you said this? Well, now's mm. time to open up the wallet and get the moths flying out but um yeah that is very much on the agenda i think and i think if it doesn't happen we risk having an unhappy second half of the season because as wonderful as conte is he also has form for being a bit of a nasty bugger (laughs) i was wondering how long it would take for the headlines to emerge of you know a rift between levy and conte and i've already started seeing a couple of them probably based off of that quote if nothing else but let's hope Mm. that as you said before when we first appointed him that he's not going to be appointed without the promise and being backed up with the promise to actually strengthen the team so that'll be an interesting one I'm conscious we've segued a little bit away from the actual games. And I know, you know, there's not a huge amount to talk about, but we didn't really talk too much about the Watford game. How do we sum that game up? What, what have we learned from that one? Um, we stayed away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it a 98th Just... minute winner? Well, obviously the stoppage, which should be mentioned, you know, well done again to the medics. I think they responded very quickly to what I assume was a heart attack in the crowd again, which happened to us twice now this season. So. But yeah, 98th minute Sanchez winner. We broke down the big yellow bus. I think... It's nice that we are still pushing forward, still playing right up until that point in difficult circumstance. Once again, we don't win that game at the beginning of the season. Mm. We don't win that game last season or probably at any point since 17-18, to tell you the truth. Without being rip-roaring best, we thoroughly deserved the win. We we were camped in their half and in their box pretty much for the whole match. And I think on another day, 
we score earlier and then Watford have to open up and we actually score three or four. So I'm glad to see us showing that. Metal is probably the first time the last couple of games that I maybe potentially have a bit of criticism for the manager, which I think is allowed. You're allowed to think a manager's great and still yeah. criticise the odd decision because football would be very yeah. boring if you don't. I felt maybe against Southampton he was a bit risk-averse and I felt against Watford, again, he, he took a while to move things to a more kind of attacking template, but that may well be as a result of player fatigue, player injuries, that kind of thing. You don't know what goes on behind the bench as such. But I think for the first time, I found myself wondering why he wasn't doing something, which hadn't been the case in the first sort of six league matches he's taken charge of. Yeah, I think there was a moment where it was almost a bit reminiscent of Nuno days, wasn't it? Or or even Pochettino with the sort of 65th, 70th minute approaching and nothing having been changed. Uh, the change that happened was Lo Celso on for, I think, Regulon, wasn't it? We went over to a back four, which was nice. But mm. I mean... I think, again, that kind of highlights the fact that you're bringing on somebody who... I saw a stat, actually. Davidson Sanchez has more Premier League goals in 13 appearances this season than Lo has in 54 Premier League appearances for Spurs. <laughs> Which, you know, I know it's not all about just the goals and, you know, you want him to unpick the defence and, and set up Harry Kane and everything. But maybe there's an element of Conte thinking, well, I haven't got that many things to do to change it, really. So who knows what's, what's going to happen. Well, look, it leaves us, as you said, Dave, what, two points off fourth. We've got... West Ham and Arsenal dropping points. How would you guys assess our credentials of finishing in the top four as things stand now? Do you think we're favourites for that position now? No, I think... You just don't want to say that, do you, Eddie? I mean, <laughs> well, I think favourites implied that there's a clear kind of advantage to be got. I think... Not, not clear favourites. I think we have... If you had to pick one who's the most likely to finish fourth. Let's ask Dave, he's objective. Who would you put your money on if you had to? Assuming that Chelsea are going to get that third spot. <sighs> If it was all even money and you had to bet, where would you put your money? You don't have to say Spurs, uh, well, by the way. I'm not going to boot you I'm out. A, I'm, a, I'm a classic emotional hedger when it comes to <laughs> betting. So I'd mm. put all my money on Man United. That's a cop-out answer, Dave. You know that's not the real answer. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, I mean, I'm literally looking at the odds and they are the favourites to finish in the top four oh, well, outside go. of Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah. But by the finest of margins mm. before you guys. So I think it's a... It's a fair question, and I think it would be a toss-up between Manchester United and, and Tottenham if you were looking at this from a, yeah. a soulless perspective. It's it's, uh, yeah. it's dangerous thought process, isn't it? We don't like to say words like favourites, but just trying to be as, as fair as possible. Well, we, we, we made predictions at the start of the season, and uh, yeah. we were all in and around that area. Exactly. There's also the train of thought, though, that it won't just be fourth up for grabs. Um, <laughs> We've got an eye on third. Are, wobbling a little they bit are. and let's talk about them uh well, that's the league we've got you know we're, we're doing pretty well in the league we've got a little while until the next game our next match is that away leg first leg of the semi-final against chelsea uh joe i feel like you've been missed out we've, we've had a good few chelsea bashing sessions in the last couple of episodes that you haven't been here so i'd love to get your thoughts on chelsea football club tell me what you think of that just 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 of chelsea in general I, i've what does chelsea mean to you so for chelsea <laughs> I, I probably have more of a dislike for than arsenal and especially it was the Mourinho Strong years words. that I, I just ended up despising them. It was uh, sorry, not the not the Mourinho years mm. at Spurs necessarily, but the uh, 
the Mourinho well, years too. at Chelsea back in the north. You, you never stopped hating Mourinho, did you? No, and I, I just no. my, my hatred for them just only ever grew with the, when Abramovich took over, and they just had all this you know Russian energy money come in, and uh, and, and I've, there's so many players I haven't liked. Now my my opinion of Chelsea softened a bit in the last few years because they started to bring through a lot of like actually likable good young players. Yeah, to be fair, um, yeah. Lampard brought through a, a lot of players who it's difficult to dislike. Dave's, Dave's shaking his head. I can I can see Dave. <laughs> Like At the mere that. mention of his name, and I yeah. and I, I don't mind Thomas Tuchel. So I mean, you know, it's harder to dislike Chelsea of late. But uh, as Elio pointed yeah. out, I, I don't know what's gone wrong in recent weeks for this club. I know they've had a, a, quite a few injuries that, that haven't helped, but they just looked unbeatable yeah. at the start of the season and off the back of winning mm. the Champions League unexpectedly. It, the wheels are quickly yeah. coming off. It seems there was a point where I actually thought. This could be our champions for the year. I think mm. a lot of people. Oh did yeah, no, no, definitely. They they weren't putting in five or six goals every game, but they just weren't conceding. Mm. And now they are conceding, and they've changed things around. But Dave, what do you think of Chelsea at the moment, based on the last few games? Do you think that's a team that Spurs could have some joy against? What's happened to them? I mean, it's not like they're losing. Let's let's not get carried away. They're still a good team. They're still getting results, but they're not the team they were earlier in the season, are they? No, they're not. I mean, I um, I watched them in the League Cup against Southampton where they came away with a penalty shootout victory. Mm. And it was almost like it was a game of two halves. The first <laughs> half, they just looked brilliant and Southampton couldn't put a glove on them. And the second half, they just looked nervous and wobbly and uncertain about who to pass to. And mm. maybe that could have been because they'd made some changes in that team, but they seem to have not really recovered from that. I mean, it annoys me, the fact that one of the few teams that didn't manage to get any points off them during this period was us, because we played them. That and, was close, uh, wasn't it? We, we conceded a... 3-2, uh, was it? It wasn't a last-minute penalty, but it was a pretty late penalty to lose 3-2 at Stamford Bridge. And and since then, you know, they've, they've, they've dropped points against Brighton, some teams that you would just assume that they would just mm. win against against you know it's just clear wins so yeah Wolves a nil-nil draw away at Wolves as well so but they I had think, no players um, poor things oh yeah <laughs> yeah their bench of four which probably cost about 400 million <laughs> um but yeah it's a strange one I think the Lukaku situation as well adds to that because it just means that it's an unnecessary side story which, which to be honest they don't need and they just need to be able to focus because because ultimately yeah, Lukaku wasn't getting much game time. He came back for the Villa game and scored two goals. And from yeah. what I heard, played very well. But now he's not playing in the upcoming game against Liverpool. So will he play in the League Cup semi-final? Who knows? Is that but, just because of his comments, I mean, though? I'd, because he's been mouthing off about how he misses Inter and there's all these memes going around. I think that interview was actually a few weeks ago, you know. And it's only really come out mm. in the last couple of days. Which I think is a bit strange. And I don't know if that's a... You know, in the same way that Conte has talked to the press and yeah. he said... Uh, well, it's you know, all about we need timing, to, yeah. We are buying those players, right? Yeah, yeah, that we said we were going to buy. Well, maybe this is Lukaku saying, don't forget about me, you know, yeah. I'm the big cheese. You know, he's a confident striker who costs 90-odd million quid. He should be the first name on the team sheet as far as he's concerned. And the fact yeah. that he's not, even if he is on the team sheet, but even the fact that he's not the first name... He's probably a bit of a shock to the system for him, especially after, you know, being the man at Inter for two years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if only there was an upcoming transfer window and a team who had been mm -hmm. promised a lot of money in that window with a manager who got the best out of Lukaku in his last club, just there leading a striker. I mean, you can't write this stuff, right? How long until we see that article? Am I going to be that guy to say, I don't think you guys need a striker? No. <laughs> I think we do. Because we need someone, first of all, to succession plan for mm. Kane, because 
if he doesn't sign a contract by the end of the season, his value does begin to dwindle. But two, also to push him and compete with him, because the beginning of the season has shown that if Kane's not firing, then we're a bit screwed. Um, Yeah. Lukaku wouldn't be that man, obviously, no. for for so many reasons. Most of them ninety million zero. reasons, yeah. But <laughs> but uh, the Lukaku situation is a funny one. At Inter under Conte, for the first time in his career, he wasn't playing as a target man. He wasn't expected to have his back to goal. He wasn't competing for headers. He wasn't sort of trying to bring others into play. It was Lautaro bringing players into play as sort of more of a traditional kind of ten, and Lukaku making runs off him. It was we've gotten into an era where smaller strikers are the main goal scorers and the big strikers are the providers sort of everyone does the kind of Hesky Owen kind of thing except the Owens are coming in off the wing sort of you got Firmino doing the donkey work for Salah and Mane when I grew up it was always a little sort of inventive player Zola or something like that putting it on a plate for the bigger more direct sort of Viali or Hasselbank or or and I'm using Chelsea players de- deliberately obviously to just try and keep it a bit in context and Lukaku's come to Chelsea and he's been asked to be a target man again essentially and that's the main thing he doesn't like he he didn't sign up for that he signed up to pick up where he left off with Inter and be the guy kind of making those darting runs using that incredible power and pace he has to because for a big guy he's rapid to get a yard on a centre-back get in behind and all of a sudden he's been asked to be a foil for other players and well Lukaku has an ego he does not want to do that he does not want to be anybody's support act and yeah. and it's like it also doesn't really play to his strengths because the way football's evolved you don't just need to be big and strong to be able to hold a ball up and bring others into play you actually need to have a pretty good first touch a pretty good pass on you which are things that he just has never had which is fine not everybody's Harry Kane but he has never had those skills and he has a point that he's not being utilized to his strengths to tell you the truth it's just that his bedside manner is somewhat Hmm. lacking and there's a bit of a kick his own club while they're down kind of feeling when they've kind of lost a bit of form and consistency the timing is just a little bit stinky for me but hopefully that works in our favor in a couple of days time so Elio, you're Antonio Conte, you're in our dressing room before the match, you've got your whiteboard up, you've got all your little players out on the whiteboard and whatever they do. You're there just trying to put together a game plan to take down Chelsea away at their stadium. How do we beat Chelsea? I know it's a very broad question, but what are the key things we need to keep in mind for that game? I think we need to play our game as much as possible rather than, and while I'm talking, I'm looking up sort of Chelsea's last lineup as well mm, uh, we need to play our game rather than try and play to stop Chelsea the second you go to Stamford Bridge and you play to try and stop them then you're a little bit on the back foot in my opinion I mean we're talking about a team with a really really good defense Rudiger has absolutely gone yeah. up a level since two kills come in um, Christensen actually looks like a serviceable defender mm. Cesar's Piliqueta there's a reason why yeah. he's had all the success in his career he's had they play a very similar kind of formation to us yeah. their midfield is better than ours their midfield of Jorginho and Kovacic is better than mm. Skip and Hoiberg as much as I like Oli Skip he is still developing and you know I have my doubts about Hoiberg being quite what we need at the moment so not letting them dominate the midfield is a big thing for me I think fullback for fullback 
All right, Reese James is very good. Regulon at the same time will be on the same side of the pitch as him, I assume. Though he I was think, on the left, well, but yeah, that's... no, I think he, he might be on the left because yeah. of Chilwell's injury, what, which Pulisic I think is the on the right. That's how he yeah. started last time. Yeah, James is injured, isn't he? James did come is off. He? he did come off quite early on in that game, but who That'd knows whether it's a long-term thing or not at the stage. Yeah, and the other thing we need to think about is making sure the ball is not near Mason Mount because mm. when they battered us three 0 at the lane earlier on this season, sorry, at the Tottenham Hotspur. Stadium earlier on this season. I'll never get used to that. It was Mason Mount running the show. Now the fact that he's not going to have Ndombele sort of puffing out of breath trying to grab onto his Mm. shirt to stop him making a run will help. But I'm assuming we're not going to play Ndombele in the semi-final. Who knows, he may be gone by then. But I think he is Chelsea's most dangerous player in so many ways. And if we can actually find a way to force him back and make him defend rather than have him in our part of the pitch, then we'll be mm. the better for it. Joe, do you remember the last time we played Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, very well. <laughs> Unfortunately, as much fun as it was, you were sitting out next with you. to me at the time. <laughs> yeah, our infamous podcast where we had clips. Yeah, of it's us. Slightly, slightly less fun on the pitch. Unfortunately. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. What could we take from that game? Obviously, a horrible result in the end. But looking back, what could we take from that to say, let's not do that again? I remember talking about that game in so much detail the next podcast. And and we all just moaned about how the energy levels were terrible in the second half. We were really good in the first half. Mm. And and I don't think Chelsea were at all comfortable, including Mount, who looked good and was still getting frustrated. We had Lukaku was starting to hit really good form for the first time, and he just got completely caged by Eric Dyer. And then we just didn't turn up in the second half and got you know annihilated. So yeah. it's got to be 90 minutes. But with Conte, we're going to get 90 minutes of high energy. You know, you're not allowed to do the opposite, so that will make a difference. But I agree with Elio. Mount's the concern because he's one of the few Chelsea players who seems to be on an up curve you know, over the last... Few He's games. Form, isn't he? Yeah. Because do you remember he had that really bad dip two, three months ago and he was starting to get rested and you know, you started to wonder if he and two could yep. have fallen out. Well that that seems to have been a blip. So unfortunately, you know, Mount's looking great again. Yeah. I mean it's it's going to be a difficult game, whatever happens. They could have a few players out, they could be on the form, and it's one of those games where to use the old cliche, form might go out the window a little bit and it could just come down to who's a more up for it on the day. Dave, last week you said that Spurs were gonna beat Chelsea. Why do you think that? Um were you just being nice to us? I was just being polite. Uh, no, I, I think you could beat Chelsea. Well, one because of all the injuries we've already talked mm-hmm. about. Interesting. I'd forgotten we've got the African Cup of Nations to, to deal with as well. So, so they don't have their main goalkeeper, which means mm. that Kepper becomes their number one goalkeeper. But does that then mean that Bettinelli becomes their cup keeper? Because if that's the case, then obviously that's something that you can take advantage of a player that hasn't played with any of the defenders in a competitive game. Mm. So that might be something that you can work with. Who knows, though? But yeah, James Silva, Chilwell, Christensen, they're all either out or doubtful, and that's the reason. But I also think that's also a reason for you to have to push to try and get some kind of a result and not wait for the second leg. Yeah, you say a result, and that's the point, isn't it? We don't have to win this game. Obviously, it would be lovely, but a score draw would suit us very nicely in the away leg coming back into it, because, of course, for some ridiculous reason, we are still playing two legs. Is it still away goals? Is it still away goals? I imagine it must be. Mm, they did take away away goals a few years ago, which absolutely screwed yeah. us because the first year they didn't have away goals was the year we would have gone through on away mm. goals and then the match went to penalties and we lost on penalties uh, uh, of course. in the yeah, semi-final yeah, yeah. against Chelsea. So I don't know if they've reversed 
reverse mm. back to away goals. They really should if they have Either happens, way, a but... draw wouldn't be a disaster in this game. Obviously, we want to take the game to yeah, them. Even a narrow defeat, even a one-goal defeat wouldn't be the end of the world. Not that you ever want to lose, but... So what you're saying is if you should go out there and actually not play cautiously, we should go in on the front foot and try and get a goal in early. Is that how you would be telling the players? If we do that, then... We don't want a 3-0 again. Maybe I'm speaking with my heart a bit yeah. much, but so many memories of sort of... A great semi-final night at White Hart Lane against Chelsea, against Arsenal are the two that massively stand out in mind for obvious reasons, both 5-1s as well. And it is something else. It's the one time our crowd becomes intimidating, <laughs> to tell you the truth, because let's face it, we aren't, uh, we're not the scariest we aren't bunch. the most... Yeah, we're not the scariest bunch. And, we're not like Leeds fans. And I think if we go into the home leg not needing too much to win, then we'll turn them over, in my opinion. However, if we get hammered, then we might as well play the kids in the second <laughs> leg. So we won't get hammered, but mm. this is where Conte shows that he's as good as we think he is. Quick question. Given how well he played against Liverpool, in a game that you expect could be a similar blueprint for this, do we play Harry Winks again in this match? I would. I'd go Winks and skip, personally. Joe, do you play Harry Winks? I thought Javier looked pretty good against Watford yesterday. I thought I mm. thought he looked better. I was going to say his form looked You've a bit better. You've been defending him quite a lot this season, I've noticed. Uh, I didn't. I know, I know you haven't got the same level of love for him as you do for Skip, but you, you seem <laughs> to be uh, I, in, I, in the Hoiberg in camp. No, I, I, I can understand the criticism of him on a technical and value level at the start of the season, uh, mm. but I really liked him as a leader because we had no leaders and he was like the only vocal person, maybe apart from Lloris, obviously. But mm. um, I think he looked pretty good in the last couple of games. Um, where we've been huffing and puffing a bit. I, I wouldn't change it. Mm. But I agree, Winks was great against Liverpool. You know, that is a good point. Maybe we do need to prepare ourselves for a bit of a scrap. Maybe this could be one of those games where the crowd is going to get involved. It's all going to get a bit heated. I mean, we all remember the Battle of Stamford Bridge, don't we? <laughs> and all that game. And we've obviously had a few run-ins with Chelsea. Maybe this is a game where you need this some leaders. This game needs Eric Lamella. It does. It does need this an Eric Lamella. This game needs Eric Lamella badly. <laughs> Maybe Deli Ali. Think... <laughs> He's got a bit of fight in him. I want to sort of, not backtrack a bit, but just sort of reinforce that I do like Hoiber. I do yeah, think yeah. he's a good player. And I do like think him. you can depends on him but I just think that our play with him in the side is slower than with him out of the side Mm. and that's my concern with him that if we were playing a formation where he could essentially sit and you had sort of someone really creative Mm. with him then I wouldn't mind so much but I just think him and Skip is asking Skip to play with a lot of responsibility in an attacking sense essentially which I think Skip will eventually be very good at right now he's still learning and I think there's a sacrifice to be made there the other thing is though like I said, Hoybier is one of the few leaders we have. Mm. He is definitely someone you want in the trenches in a game like this. And he's also someone who you can at the very least trust to try and apply the manager's instructions. Mm. And and Dombele, obviously, um, Conte does not feel like he can, given how little time he's getting. And Lascelles played five minutes yesterday, so I imagine he's injured now. Yeah, quite possibly. I guess the issue with Hoiberg is that he arguably slows the game down a bit. And I think, you know, Chelsea will probably play quite a high line. I guess they're a bit like us in the sense that their wide centre-backs will push on, especially Rudiger. He loves getting forward. So they could be potentially vulnerable to a quick counter, a quick sort of turn and pass from someone like Winks. So I suppose there's that. It just depends on whether our game plan primarily is don't concede or try and catch them and score. (laughs) 
I guess, as to whether you pick mm. one or the other to try and simplify it a little bit. I hope it's not don't concede. I mean, I think I alluded to the fact that I felt the manager was a bit risk-averse mm. against Watford. and I mean, it would be more justifiable away to Chelsea, but yeah. I'm never, never overly thrilled. That said, obviously, we get a penalty against Watford for Eric Dyer being rugby tackled, and then you, you don't think about the tactics too much because you take the lead early. Yeah. So, so football lives on sliding doors moments, doesn't it? This one just has... I can't help but feel there's going to be something controversial in this game. I think there's going to be a dodgy VAR, there's going to be a dodgy red card, something's going to happen. Maybe I've just seen too much and I've become cynical, but I said, oh, we've had some interesting run-ins with Chelsea. Um, Elio, I mean, obviously there's the final. We'll talk about that in a bit, but I mean, any kind of semi-finals specifically with Chelsea that stand out? There was a 4-2, wasn't there, I think, at Wembley, going back a few years now. We've had a few, a few games with them, haven't we, over the years? The 4-2 was one of the most frustrating matches I think I've ever seen because we, we really did deserve to win that. And mm. that two-all, having come back into it, I felt we would win that. Harry Kane had a magnificent game that day as well. Our manager played Son as a left-back. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he fell out with Carl Walker right before the match, which gave Trippier the chance on the mm. right. Okay, fine. Then he, instead of putting in Davies at left-back because Rose was injured, he went with Hyung-Min Son, which it was just bananas and I think at least two of Chelsea's goals came as a result of that in fact I think their first two goals both came as a result of that then they obviously scored a couple of wonder goals with Hazard and Matic yeah. um, both coming off the bench you bring Matic and Hazard off the bench to win you a semi-final I mean fuck off <laughs> um, yeah, it's nice isn't it but that stands out in yeah. mind but to tell you the truth I tend to forget the bad ones I, I remember the good ones I remember the 5-1 with Maurizio Tarico playing like prime Roberto Carlos I remember <laughs> Remember the the final with Johnny Woodgate yeah. absolutely Face knowing planting what he was the doing ball when in. he headed the ball in the season. The Nets. Yeah. I remember the first time we beat them in the Premier League actually, and the first time we'd beaten them in the league at all in 16 years with little Aaron Lennon scoring that wonderful winner off of the back of that deflected Robbie Keane cross when he sat Boulderoos mm. on his ass with that little shimmy down the left. So so that's yeah. what I remember when I remember about the Spurs Chelsea matches. I, I don't remember all the three point late. <laughs> It sounds like you do, though, Elliot. Really. I think you remember them better than you're willing to admit. Well, I don't focus yeah. on them, then, because, you know what, football's meant to be fun, so yeah. why remember That Lennon shit? goal, I remember, because it was it was a goal that secured a win, which was our first win over them in God knows how long, something ridiculous, and they kept showing it on Sky Sports on their little kind of intro sequence, and it was the goal that closed out that sequence, and I love that they just had to make us watch that over and over again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that Jonathan Woodgate goal, Dave, that's probably your favourite Spurs goal ever, isn't it? Thereabouts? I think probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of favourite goals, actually, Joe, did you listen to our most recent podcast? Um, you can say no. I'll I, no, I, I, I did. You did. You, you have heard us doing our end of year awards, our end of 2021 awards. I thought, you know, you, didn't, you missed out on that. So just quickly, before we go into Challenge Elio, who's been your, do I need to ask who's been your player of the year? Um, we all know already. We all know that. Let's, let's say Skip, because we all know I love him so much. I d- Hugo Lloris, though. You're not the only one. Hugo Lloris, for me, I just, mm. he's just so doesn't get enough credit for me. I just, just, he's been so important to us during the last couple of seat, the season and a half that hasn't been great. But yeah, yeah. I'll go with Skip. And the Watford game had another great save. Kept us in it. One thing with Hugo that you do pick up on in the Amazon documentary when they're showing matches with no fans in the crowds, and I never ever realised this about him until we saw that documentary, is he is a bossy fucker. He mm. does not shut up. He is screaming the that. entire match. And all like, yeah, That's exactly. the classic example, isn't it? And 
I always thought he was sort of a bit of a lead by example. That's exactly what I'm thought. always a bit uneasy about. Exactly what I thought. Mm, same. Captains, yeah. I think. Yeah. But he really turned the tables on that. And to tell you the truth, yeah, he, he is our captain. And I think it's going to be hard to replace him if this is, in fact, his last season. I really hope it isn't. I, I think tying him and Kane down to new deals is imperative right now. But if it is his last season, then, God, who's the new captain? Mm. Uh, that's going to be Skip. something to talk Skip about. For captain. Skip. Skip's ready. <laughs> what do you think, Skip Joe? For captain. Yeah. It's time, you know. Yeah. How old was Gerald when he became Liverpool captain? Not much older. About 15. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He had the same haircut. Yeah, more or less. They're basically yeah. the same player, Dave. That's what Elio said the other week. So, um, you know, I think he, he'll, he'll just be a bit better eventually. Right. So let's close things off, shall we, on, on this game. Obviously, we're going to talk about it in great detail once it's happened. And hopefully we're not all crying into our microphones. But Joe, broadly speaking, what's your prediction for the Chelsea game? How do you see it going? Spurs win? Uh, I think it's going to be really hard work. No, it won't be a Spurs win. It won't be. If we can get an away goal and draw one all or even lose 2-1, <laughs> I, I think that would be acceptable. He's written us off already, guys. It's, it's Chelsea, okay. isn't it? Elio, if I had to get you to predict a score from now, dare you predict a score? No, I dare not. Okay, fine. No worries. And Dave, to round this section off, can you sum up Chelsea as a football club for me? Because I know you've been reaching to get a, get a little dig in. I can't wait. If to someone had this. never heard of Chelsea Football Club and they were getting into football, they were just starting to learn about the Premier League. And they said, what are Chelsea I'd like? I'd tell them to give Chelsea a wide berth. <laughs> There's plenty of decent clubs in London. Yeah. And especially in Southwest London. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe take up support Brentford or Fulham. Excellent. I've just looked it up. Away goals do not count anymore. They have not reverted on that ridiculous rule. So Probably something you should have looked up before the podcast, but I'm glad you looked it up. So a draw on Wednesday and then a straight shoot out yeah. at the at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A draw makes us favourites, to get a better it? name for that place. Surely. Fantastic. Well, look, we, we have all that to look forward to. And I, for one, am very excited about the idea of playing Chelsea, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because traditionally we've not had a lot of joy playing them. And I think history suggests that the semi-final might be the end of the road for us. But I'm choosing to remain positive and I'm very much looking forward to that. I believe by the next time we play before we go off into Challenge Elio, yep. we also have our first FA Cup game of Dude, the season Morecambe. against Morricombe, um, Morricombe. <laughs> which... Is it, it's all, listen, it, it's nice for us getting a side that we can probably rotate a bit against, but it's nice for Morocco. Uh, I mean, are they in the Football League or are they conference? I don't are know. They, are they Morocco? It's nice for them. Why are you saying Morocco? Morocco? Morecambe. 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 I thought you were joking. Okay, fine. I thought you I were thought taking you the were... piss. I thought you were taking the piss. I was rolling with it. You sounded like, you sounded like Nigella saying microwave. <laughs> well... I'm going to stick to my guns and say Morocco. I think I am I've, too. I've, I'm married to it now. I'm, that I'm... sounds very um, exotic. Didn't they do the, uh, the the music for The Good, The Bad and The Ugly? <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm thinking Morocco and Wise, aren't I? But, uh, it's the same I, thing. I think... Also not. <laughs> That's still Morecambe. Have I been saying this wrong my We've whole life? we just exposed a massive gap in Elio's <laughs> vocabulary here. <laughs> We have. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, Morecambe. <laughs> no, keep it. As no, I have always guns, pronounced it. Uh, and I apologise for the technical issues which seem to have been skewing my voice. Um, <laughs> do you need a new microphone? Morecambe is a nice... I do need a new microphone. Morecambe this is are in League thoughts. 1 also, by the way. Um, they're in League 1. It's nice to see them get rewarded with a tie yeah, away where with 
Well, the EFL have had very well-documented financial troubles even before the pandemic, and now they've been decimated. So a payday for a smaller club will probably end up giving them all the gate receipts because that tends to be the done thing in these situations. And I hope they enjoy their day. I hope they don't enjoy it too much. I think they started that being really, really, you know, earnest and, you know, a nice thing to say, Elia. But it's probably turned into the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. (laughs) And, and, and I think any Morecambe fans are like, who is this joker? Elio, are you saying that you're predicting a Tottenham win? <laughs> I am predicting a Tottenham win. That's, yes. that's all I wanted to know. That Where is Morecambe? <laughs> Look it up. It's somewhere in the north. Near Blackpool. It's yeah. Lancaster. That is a long way away. Right. Well, if you're listening, I mean, I'm sure you're having the time of your life. I'd love to hear what you guys have to think about any of the stuff we've talked about. And of course, the Chelsea game. If you have any thoughts on the upcoming Chelsea game, or of course, on the games that we've had so far, or in terms of what we need in the transfer window with it now, in January please get in touch with us as always you know the drill we are on social media on Instagram and Twitter very active on there we do occasionally post some strange things occasionally Elio jumps on and takes the admin and starts abusing Wilfred Zaha and players like that it's, it's a load of fun follow us follow us on Twitter follow us on Instagram at plus day podcast and you can even email us at plus day podcast at gmail.com not many of you do but you know it's there the most common emails we get are from big Mike Brooker Joe's dad who's a big fan of the show and if you're listening Mike shout out to you and thanks for being our number one support Right, let's get into some challenge, Elio, shall we? Um, it's near the Lake District. That could be quite a nice away day. <laughs> Elio won't let Morricone go. Right, we're going into challenge, Elio, now. And um, I do have a, a Spurs Chelsea related question. You'll be pleased to hear. But before I do, and I should say before I go into it, actually, last week's challenge, Elio, was a bit of a train crash and it lasted about six hours. So I'm hoping it's going to be a bit quicker this time, but I'm making no promises. So let's see how we get on. Did you guys know that our lovely neighbours, Arsenal, recently became the first club in the Premier League to reach 100 red cards, which is pretty spectacular. I mean, most of those are in the 90s, sure. Well, Vieira got 80. Um, That's pretty impressive. And when you have a defence that includes Winterburn, Dixon, Adams and Keown, Steve Bolt. There's a few there, aren't there? There's definitely a few, few. yeah. So um, There's a stat yesterday, actually, that I'm assuming isn't the quiz, but um, Vieira got booked at the end of the game last season, which makes him the first player ever to get booked in the 90s. Noughties, <laughs> tens, and twenties. That's amazing. In the That's actually a great stat. Oh, I like that one. Uh, well, look, with that tenuous segue, my question to you guys is: Can you name the seven players who have played for Spurs in the Premier League era who have four or more red cards in the Premier League? Now, to be clear, these aren't all four Spurs, but they are players who have played for Spurs. Same draw as always. Who have four or more red cards in their Premier League careers? Now that uh, Joe is back, returning after a little little break away, I think it's fair to go to Team Dave first to start this off. We'll go back and forth and we'll see if you guys can get the seven players. Who's coming to mind? Joe? Dave? You got any thoughts, Joe? Uh, I don't know why, but Lamella's the first name that's come <laughs> into my head, but I, I don't think he yeah. got quite that many red cards. Yeah, he got one, uh, didn't he? Yeah. Maybe a yellow card is probably, probably the highest, I imagine. In terms of yellow cards per minute on the pitch, I reckon he must have some kind of Premier League record. First person that came into my mm. head was was William Gallas. Is that an official answer? But I don't know why. I mean, that's so, sort of tantrums, isn't it? Reasonable suggestion. I thought Lamella was their answer. No, I don't think it was. No, no. I, 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 I is, said, that, I, is Gallas your answer? We'll go with Gallas. I said first thought was uh, Lamella, but I couldn't believe it would be four. So let's go with uh, yeah, let's go with Gallas. I'm afraid Gallas is not one of the seven. So it moves over to Elio. Elio, think you can get top spot? I'm going to go with Kabul. Top of the list. Very oh. good. Six wow. red cards. 
Six. Well done. Well done, Elio. Considering the record for all-time Premier League is eight, I think joint with, I think it's Richard Dunn, Duncan Ferguson, and Patrick Vieira. That's some going. Six red cards for you, Lewis Campbell. He got at least one very early on for us, and he got a couple for us, and he played for Watford for a fair bit as well, Mm. who I imagine he had to do a lot of defending for. That was the game plan. Yeah, exactly. Um, Right. So six remain. Team Dave. Sorry, Joe. Does it upset you when I call you Team Dave? No, no, no. We go that's Team, not Elio. No, team Nelio. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Although I do like <laughs> yeah. Nelio. Yeah, okay. We're, we're just call teams. us Morricum and Vise. Morricum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Who's your guest? I'm really struggling here. I'm not I'm not getting many names come to mind at the moment. I'm, I, I think we're going to need players that have been at other teams. Um, it's, yeah. Because Spurs yeah. are generally pretty good at... They've all played for other pitch. teams. Yeah. All of these guys have played for other teams. What about... Um, I'm trying to think of double R... Horrible footballers. What about um, Ben Thatcher? Oh, That's yeah. A great answer. Yeah. Is that a final answer? I mean, I've just told you it's a great answer, so it probably should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, let's yeah. Go with ben, ben Thatcher <laughs> has four red cards. I'm actually surprised it's not more, to be honest, because he was a dirty player. Yeah, that. They weren't I all for us. I think he played very few matches after the Pedro Mendes incident. I'm going to go with, just because he played so many bloody games, Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> I feel like you always throw Teddy Sheringham in there. No, it's not. He's not on there. I'm afraid. Well, he played a thousand games. He probably wins most starts. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. No Teddy Sheringham. Team Dave slash Nelio slash Morricum. So I'm still in the horrible bastards who played for Tottenham mode. Yeah. But there's a chance that he didn't play enough in the Premier League. But he did play a fair few seasons for Pompey. I think Michael Brown. You built up to that like you were Elio with the whole <laughs> kind of keeping us in suspense. Well, you know. <laughs> no Michael I love Brown. I from the best. No Michael Brown, I'm afraid, despite that, that lovely build-up. Elio, who's your guess? I don't think he played enough minutes for for other clubs to really go for it. Um, I was toying with Tariko, but I'm not going to go with him. I don't think it, it, he is one. Dave, are you going to go for it if he doesn't? Tim Sherwood. Tim Sherwood has four red cards. Very good. He makes the list. Second point for Elio. Dave, Joe, we have four remaining. Any guesses? Hmm. Hmm. See, so all, all the defenders I'm thinking of, just, you know, rare. I just can't ever think of them getting sent off. They're just mm. pretty good. Um, what about Michael Dawson? Got Portsmouth. Sent off a few times. They're not all defenders, as Elio has just proven with Tim Sherwood. So. No, true. True. We've just, to be honest, Spurs have never really been that well known for having steel the in the middle of the pitch. pitch. <laughs> yeah, we've always been considered a bit soft, so. Yeah. Probably. Mm. Why? Why it's so difficult? Um, Any keepers famous for you know? Well, that's that, diving off the line. That's what I was thinking. But has Hugo been sent off? I feel like he has. I'm sure he has. He did. He mm. got sent. I thought off, he had a couple uh, of sendings off in the UEFA in the UEFA. Oh god, because Kane went in goal, didn't when he? Harry Kane yeah, went in yeah. Goal. After Kane scoring a hat trick, trick <laughs> went in goal. Lamella scored his first rebound. That was it. Oh, that was an amazing <laughs> game. That was an amazing game. <laughs> Who was it against? I guess. Oh, hang on. That was like a season in one game. <laughs> Give me a clue. Switching Challenge Eddie around on me all of a sudden. Did it begin with F? Think of think of the Mediterranean. Oh no, you've lost me. Uh, Who was it? Was it uh, Nicosia? I'm trying to think. What's the Cypriot team? Not Nicosia. It wasn't. It wasn't Aboel. Was it Aboel? Do you want me to tell you? No, it wasn't Aboel. It was a North Assis Famagusta. Oh, Famagusta. Okay. I should have remembered that really. That's where my family's mm, from. Should have remembered how we won the UEFA Cup. I established well. this last week. There's a reason I'm the host and you guys are the expert panel. Okay, so let's uh, let's keep the questions on you. Stop trying to distract it while you think of answers, guys. Uh, whose go is it? You've you've distracted me thoroughly, and I don't remember who's. Uh, it's it us. It's is it? Team okay, go. Morricum. <laughs> have you got anything, Joe? What is your guess? 
Um, I'm not going to give you clues just yet because I don't think you deserve them. But I reckon probably. Is your mind taking you on the pitch? Are you still thinking centre backs? What about longevity? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's played the most games? And remember, it's not just for Spurs, of course. They they could have played like a handful of games for Spurs, but Carrick. No Carrick. It passes back to Elio. A few more guesses, and I'll start giving clues. But I don't think it's there yet. So I imagine they were primarily for Arsenal, but what about Sol? Sol Campbell. That's the right answer. Oh yes. no! Way. Four red cards. I, I discounted four red that. cards. Yeah. Didn't realise he was allowed to be an answer. Well, we're going to bleep his name out, but yeah. Sol, Sol Judas, I've written down in my notes. Mm-hmm. has four red cards. So, Elio's got three of them. He's taking a storming lead. So, it's now back to you guys. Carl Walker? No Carl Walker. Elio? There's, a couple of, there's one, one that I'm surprised hasn't been said, just because of the type of player that he was. A couple that are slightly more surprising to me. Um, one that I think will need clues. Because I would, I doubt anyone. I'm just would amazed Joe hasn't guessed Darren Anderson yet. <laughs> um, Are you guessing Darren Anderson? <laughs> I am not guessing. E- even Darren I Anderson, no. would appreciate he can't be on this particular answer. <laughs> he he <laughs> might have been involved. He, he might have been involved in the most red card challenges based on how often he was injured, but probably on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Gus Poyer. Good guess, but no, no, that wouldn't have been shocked to see him in there. Dave, you look like you've had a light bulb moment. Scott Parker. Scott Parker's correct. Five red cards. Very good. Mm. That's oh, the this, one I thought. I'm just going to yeah. start shouting out names because the last two I've thought and then immediately thought no chance. Mm. Okay. So there's <laughs> two to go. One go of them I think you, you could get. The other one I suspect I might need to throw some clues out. Is it Elio's go? Mm. It is. One of these guys has four red cards. One of them has five. Five? Jesus. Five, yeah. So we've got a big hitter in there as well. Um... Both play for other clubs. Screw it. Danny Rose. No Danny Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't been saying it because I wanted you to say it. <laughs> um, should we just go for maybe Ben Davis? Nope. Not on there. They're both midfielders, to give Elio a clue. Okay. Not that Tom he needs Huddleston. Them. Tom Huddleston's correct. Five red oh, cards. Big Tom Huddleston. No way. Five red cards. Five red cards? Yeah. He hasn't even played that many years in the Premier League. No. He spent a lot in the championship. That one did surprise me a little bit. Wow. Again, just because of, you know, combative central midfielder, I guess, you know. Tom Huddleston combative. The only thing he ever competed (laughs) with was the front of the cure at the burger stall. (laughs) Yeah, it's because he was so slow to the ball and slow to the tackle. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it was one of those. He took a heavy touch and wasn't going to get there first, so studs in. (laughs) I think there were a lot of straight And when you're six foot three and 19 stones, you're (laughs) going to... You're going to leave a mark on someone if you delay it. <laughs> exactly. All right, so we're missing the one we're missing. I fat shame a lot on the show. I really should. I think we're going to be here all day if I don't. Is he a midfielder? He's a midfielder. I'll tell you what. I'm just going to look him up to see if I can think of a clue that won't immediately give it away, just to keep it relatively fair. Has he got his helicopter license? <laughs> Not to my knowledge. No, he doesn't. But I'm operating on the assumption that a lot of a lot more footballers than we realise have helicopter license. So he may well do. His middle name Winston. I'm going to open it up to everyone, and you can both guess and shout it out if you know the answer. We signed him from Everton. Stephen Pienaar. That's the right answer. Four red cards. Pienaar. Yep, Stephen Pienaar rounds off the list. So yeah, there's Eunice Cabal at the top, then Scott Parker, Tom Huddleston with five, and then Ben Thatcher, Sol Judas, Stephen Pienaar, and Tim Sherwood with four each. There we go. So we're not that dirty, really. Or are we? I'm not really sure what, what to read into that. It's pretty... I'm going to look and see. You can read into it that it was 5-2 to me. And that's all that matters. <laughs> okay. If you say so. Right. So 
I have a feeling, Elio, you're going to do quite well in the next question. I had to put it in there just because it is very relevant with the upcoming game. I would like you all to cast your minds back to the last time Spurs lifted a trophy. That trophy, of course, was the League Cup. And our opponents that day were our next opponents, Chelsea. What I'd like you guys to try and do, one way or another, is to name both lineups from that day. Okay, so let's try and name the starting lineup here. Joe and Dave, you get to go first. Give me a player. Should we go with Woodgate, Dave? Woodgate is, of course, correct. He did start the game. Very that's, good. That's me. Imagine if he'd come <laughs> off the bench. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, but you know, he did. He did. Yeah, this is probably in the 20-year period where Dave didn't watch anything outside the EFL. <laughs> Pretty much. Certainly not a Mickey Mouse Cup fight. Elliot, who are you going for? Our goalkeeper that day was Paul Robinson. He was indeed. Paul Robinson. Very good. Back to you guys. We'll go for Michael Dawson. No. Oh, Elio, who was playing in his spot? One and only Ledley King. Of course he was. One of the few games that season he was able to play and was probably the best player on the pitch. I think he played six league games that season. Yep, Elio takes the lead again. Back to you guys. Uh, we'll go for Berbatov. Dave's out now. We've had Robinson and Woodgate, so that's game over. <laughs> <laughs> Berbatov did play, correct, yes. He did come off just before the end, but he did play. Good start. Elio? Pascal Chimbonda. That is correct. Who got subbed and did the slowest walk off of all time <laughs> when As he we should. were. Well, we were chasing a goal. We were 1 0 down at that time. Mm. He needed to get his fat ass off the pitch. It was oh, this was when sub- we were losing. Oh, sorry. I thought yes, you were saying. Was we were I thought losing. this was an extra time. I thought this was like a, no, a wasting time. We were losing. Oh, wow. he, Tom Huddleston was brought on for him and it changed the oh, game. Dear. The one great moment Wanda Ramos ever had. He brought on Tom Huddleston for our left back. And he didn't and get sent off. Huddleston won the penalty that uh, got us back into the game. Very good. Pascal Chambondo is, is correct, guys. Uh, Jermaine Genus. Jermaine Genus did start the game. Very good. Elio? One of four ex-Leeds players in our team that day, mm. so Dave can guess the next one after this, Aaron Lennon. That's correct. Aaron Lennon started that game. Um, Pressure's heating up now, guys. The obvious ones are out of the way. Or at least, actually, no. As you just kind of hinted at earlier. Yeah, there's only, the only one other former Leeds player that I would assume would be in this starting lineup. Yep, and that is? It's the cartwheel king, Robbie King. <laughs> it is indeed, Robbie King. Very good. Back to you, Elio. God. How many are we missing now? Four ex-Leeds players in our lineup that day. It's, it's like when West Ham won the World Cup. Leeds basically won the Carling Cup. They did. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Right down to the winning goal and everything. We've only got two left, haven't we? Uh, uh, wait a minute. Three left. Three left. Yeah, three left. Until we go into the Chelsea uh, team, okay. which might get a bit more trickier. So you mentioned Jermaine Genus, mm-hmm. his partner that day. He was throwing goal. We thought he was going to finally get a Spurs goal at the most <laughs> glorious possible moment. Rosette. It was. Um, it was. It was Didier Zakora. <laughs> Rose Zakora. It was indeed very good. He also got booked in the 38th minute. Unsurprisingly, the man for whom Rosette was named. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. We have two remaining. I'm not going to tell you the positions yet because so far we've been flying through this. Dave, Joe. Um, you can work it out by process of elimination. If you you should have been your, writing them down on a you know yeah, formation. Yeah, who was who was your left back in two thousand eight? Oh God, who played on the left hand side oh, in two thousand eight? Um, <laughs> Alan Hudson. You got it somehow because we've named the left back, but he was the right back. Yeah, that was Sorry. Alan Hudson. Very good. No, Dave oh, threw yeah. you off yeah, there. Yeah, Chimbonda. Chimbonda was on. Chimbonda well, did Chimbonda right play back? right back? I don't know. I feel like he might have done. Chimbonda was a right back, but he played, he played left, left back, back that day. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, yeah well, that's sorry. fair enough. That's, yep. that's a reason for me not to get that right. Yeah, no, that's right. That is the right answer. Alan I'm Hudson. amazed that Joe got that off the bat. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was he... praying for him to say Lee Young Piao. To, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking. I was just thinking of a player I've been trying to think of for about five minutes now. And the name came to me. <laughs> so, Elio, can you name the last player on that starting lineup? 
that we're missing. Absolutely. It was Steve Marbronk. <laughs> it was Steve Marbronk. Very, very good. And that was our starting lineup. And just for fun, can we name the scorers and the manager? Juan de Ramos. Yep. Johnny Woodgate. Johnny Woodgate. And Berbatov. Penalty. Berbatov. Yeah, exactly. Right. So let's see how we do with the Chelsea team, shall we? So it's back over to you guys. Ali, we've got the last one. Can we name the Chelsea starting lineup that day? A couple of obvious ones. Peter Cech. Peter Cech was a goal. Very good. Elio. John Terry. John Terry was the captain and centre-back, indeed. Go for the scorer, Drogba. He did score. Was it a free kick? Yeah. I think it was a shit free kick, wasn't it? Sort of, did it go under the wall or something? about 30 yards. Yeah, yeah, I think it was given away by, was it Ledley King? I can't remember, actually. Yeah, it was, it was from quite a range, wasn't it? It was a sign of things to come with Paul Robinson. It wasn't, it wasn't a good free <laughs> kick, was it, if memory serves? Nah, it, was, it was far out and it probably shouldn't have gone in. Yeah. But yeah. And it was against a run of play, I think, as well. Frank Lampard? Uh, yes, of course, Frank Lampard. So we've had Lampard, Drogba, Czech and Terry. Pretty low-hanging fruit there, but they all, they all count. So um, back over to you guys. Dave, I was thinking maybe Carvalho must have been starting. Him. Yeah, yeah, Carvalho. He was yeah. John Terry's centre-back partner. Of course, Ricardo Carvalho. Elio, are you starting to sweat a bit now? I'm trying to think if they'd signed Cashley by then. I, I don't think they, they had, so I'm going to go with Wayne Bridge. That's the right answer. Wayne Bridge was the left-back. Very good. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, would Paolo Ferreira have been the... That's what I would have guessed. Just loads of Portuguese players. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with Ferreira. <laughs> yes. It's not Ferreira, Ooh. I'm afraid. It's not Ferreira. So it goes back to you, Elio. Are you going to go for the right back or are you uh, going to go elsewhere? No, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go with Essien. Essien is in the team. Very good. Good start. Um, back over to you guys. Was Makaleli still in the team at that point? Is that, are you asking Dave, or is that your It was to Dave, answer? but yeah, we'll go for Makaleli then. If... Go for it. Not in the team. There was no Makaleli there. I think Dave he is, is phoning it in at the moment. He's probably in Madrid. If it wasn't Makaleli, um, if he wasn't in, then John Obi Mikel? That's correct. Very uh-huh. good. John Obi Mikel. Because <laughs> we said Essien already, and I'm running out of midfielders. <laughs> Back to you guys. We're missing one, two, three players. Dave, what do you reckon? Damien Duff? I really I get the Chelsea teams mixed up from sort of 2004-08 and 12. <laughs> you get the, it, the Mourinho like, teams in your mind, doesn't it? It's, the, um... it's like the same core, but like the peripheral players changed so much over that those periods. Um, yeah, I was thinking either Duff or Duff disappeared by Duff. then. Was it was it was it Maluda? Oh yeah, Maluda was. Oh, oh uh, what about Anelka? Because I'm thinking of players that played in the Champions well, I League think we're final. Just naming all the players. <laughs> I mean, you're just naming all the Chelsea players. I mean, I'm not. I'm not just going to say yes. One. That's correct. When you say one, that's right. Yeah, you that's have to true. give me a, a formal right. answer. Let's go with Maluda. I think that's a good one. Dave, do you concur? Yep. Maluda did not start that game. Ooh. Did he come off the bench? Nor did he come on. I believe. I don't know if he was even there, but no, that's not the answer <laughs> you're looking he for. He wasn't even there. No, he was shopping. He was out. Yeah, he was. You I did, however, say someone who was definitely there and definitely did. started, Nicholas and Elka. That is the right answer. He did start. The old guaranteed 40 goals a season on Football Manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and several disciplinary issues and throwing yeah. his toys out the pram. The Jalmina yeah. effect. <laughs> the Jalmina of his day. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that leaves us with two Chelsea players. Anyone care to hazard a guess? Elio, do you think you have a guess lined up? I know one for sure. No oh, pressure, guys. I think Damien Duff might have kind of fizzled away by this point, but I can't really think of any other attacking players, and I think we need another attacking player. So should we go for Duff, Dave? Yeah. It's not Damien Duff, I'm afraid. I must admit, the two remaining I don't think I would have got without a few stabs at it. 
but let's see if Elio's going to get one of them. Sean Wright Phillips. That is the right answer. Ah, Sean Wright Phillips was the right wing on that day. Forgotten he played for Chelsea. Which leaves us with one player. Uh, and if you've been running them down, you might be able to at least narrow it down to a position. Which will give you a bit Hang of on, a... where did where did Wright Phillips play? He was right wing. Right, so yeah. it's a right back then. It is. And we already had a stab at a right back and it was wrong. So it wasn't... Ferreira was the one you said, wasn't it? Oh, would it have been... Um... Did Boularoos play at right back? Dunno. Steve Clark. <laughs> um, How you doing over there, Elio? Are you ready to clean this up if they don't know it? I'm torn between two. I'm just trying to add some pressure here. I've got to. I guess start um, messaging Dave privately. I'd have put. I'd have put all money on Paolo Ferreira to be honest. Chelsea were just burning their way through fullbacks at this mm. point. I, let's go for Boularoos. No, not on the, not on the bench. Potentially my favourite ever Chelsea player. I think you're going to get it based on that. And it's for a niche reason. <laughs> Belletti. Belletti is uh, correct. And why is he your favourite Chelsea player? For his heroics against <laughs> Arsenal at the death of the Champions League final in 2006. Yeah. On my 20th birthday, that was. Uh. I remember it well because all my housemates at uni bought me bets on the game as my presence. And someone thought it'd be funny to bet on Sol Campbell to score the first goal, which he did. And then someone had a bet on Arsenal winning at half-time, Barcelona winning at full-time. So you can imagine my joy at that Belletti. What was it? Um, Naeem from 50, Belletti from 2 was the song. Yeah. <laughs> Giuliano Belletti well, was What a day right to back. celebrate for you Spurs fans, eh? Oh, that was... Yeah, we, we released some a DVD about that. Some winning a title. <laughs> yeah, no, some other team not winning. <laughs> that, was the, <laughs> that was the key. Come on, Dave. I mean, you must have had similar feelings with Barcelona beating Man United. Twice in finals. I'm sure you were an avid Barcelona fan on both of those occasions. Well, I am I am actually a Barcelona fan. So. Well, we're all Barcelona fans, really, a little bit, aren't we? You can't not be. You can't be a football fan and not have a soft spot for Barcelona. I don't know. I think there's a, a fair split of my friends of, of who like Spanish football, of who mm. support Real and who support Barca, I think. It just comes back to the whole tedious Ronaldo Messi thing, really, doesn't it? So yeah, no, well, Ronaldo really. wasn't for me. For me, it was. No, I just mean in general. Just for when I got into the, football, it was Mario Stoichkov. Yeah, Dave, you're really showing your age there. You're just you're aging yourself there. I, I, I barely remember those those two. But <laughs> for me, it was um, for me it was Rivaldo. I used to watch Barcelona for Rivaldo and that that bicycle the, the hit to get them into the Champions into. League. That, that's the one that big game player. Big game player. Yeah, played well and against. And then League. bloody Van Hal came in and shipped him off to AC Milan. I kind of feel bad for Rivaldo because he kind of went out under the radar a little bit with all the ridiculous players that he played with in all of his teams. Yeah, he's probably one of the players of a generation, but he's not really talked about in that light, is he? The three R's. Yeah, he was he was great. The three R's. He was really good. But then, you know, he held his face when he got hit in the... In that was the brilliant. Oh, that, yeah, that, that's potentially his defining moment. A bit like how we were talking about Zidane for all his talents being remembered for the headbutt. That thing against Turkey <laughs> where he went crying on the corner flag. That is, yeah, just Shocker. truly ridiculous. Right, guys. So, as you all know, and as regular listeners will know, we normally round off Challenge Elio with a game of Who Am I? Which is a game where I give a series of clues about an ex-Spurs player or current Spurs player and the guy has taken turns to guess who I am talking about. It's moment. But I thought I was going to mix it up a little bit this week. <laughs> partly because I was too lazy to find the clues, to be honest with you, but also because I thought it would be a nice experiment. Rather than me give clues, I'm going to turn this into a bit of a 20 questions kind of deal. So forgive me for taking time to rifle through Wikipedia to answer those questions. But I've got a player in mind, and I've actually got a couple of backup players as well in case you get it very, very quickly and we need to do another one. But I'm going to get you guys to take in turns to just ask questions to narrow the field down. And you've got your imaginary guess who board in front of you and see how many questions it takes before somebody gets the answer. 
So, so when we fed back that Chandelier was taking <laughs> too long, <laughs> you decided I, to. I, I took that time out of my prep time to cut that down instead. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chandelier didn't take me as long this week. You'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> to be fair, it might even be quicker because you get yeah, to Elliot, what you're asking. You, you should make this a living hell for him and ask him totally <laughs> random questions <laughs> that he will not know the answer yeah. to. <laughs> I would yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that you're on a curfew today. <laughs> I'm does thinking have, of you. Does he have a wife named Glory? <laughs> yeah. What is the 389th line of his Wikipedia entry? <laughs> and these these have to be kind of like yes or no type questions or... This is the guess who board coming into fruition. Basically, yeah. You can't ask right. me what is his name, for example. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming that whoever this is will be a Spurs player. A Spurs player or ex-Spurs player, as always. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Cool. Right, guys, what's your first question? Is he English? He is not English. Good question. I'm going to go with Alan Nielsen. <laughs> That's not the right answer. But I like, I like that you thought I would go there. One. That would have been a bit obvious, given what we've just been talking about. But I like that you thought I'd go there. That is in no way a clue. It is not Alan Nielsen, and he is not English. Guys, what's your question? Is he Argentinian? <laughs> no. We could be here a while. <laughs> Elio, what's your question? Is he an outfield player? He is. Is he a midfielder? Yes. Has he ever won player of the year? I'm guessing no. But let me just have a look. Oh, but he might have. So I mean, that's... Well, he's obviously high caliber. I'm just being diligent. I'm just being diligent. You're talking about Tottenham player of the year. Yeah. You just, you <laughs> not, just not never know. for world player of the year. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're talking about... Um, I'm not talking about the Ballon d'Or here. Because there are a lot of player of the years. Oh, there's players, there's writers, whatever. And I'm looking at... PFA and football well. writers. Those are the only two that go no. for this. Then, no. So he's probably not French then. Go on, Dave. You, uh, you asked the question. Is he Luka Modric? No, he is not. Joe and Dave, what's your question? Um, is he Irish? No. <laughs> I've got a horrible feeling this is going to take way longer. <laughs> The negative, you know. <laughs> We've actually, you, now. you've narrowed We've it down quite successfully so far. I think. Did he ever score for us? That's a good question, actually. I mean, the fact just that go I on had... the league goals yeah, entry yeah. on Wikipedia. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. The fact that I had to think about it though is probably a clue in itself. But yeah, he did. Is it Oyvind Leonardson? No. Dave Joe, what's your question? I quite like this format. I might do this every time. Is he European? Yes. Hoping for a no there, weren't we? Do you have a guess? European midfielder. Uh, is it Ericsson? No. Elio. Did he play for us for more than one season? Yes. I'm going to guess that's Steed Marbrunk. No, it's not Steed Marbrunk. Um, did he win any silverware? Uh, whilst at Spurs. Whilst, at, whilst Spurs? at Spurs, sorry, yeah. No. That would have really narrowed it down if he had. <laughs> Yeah, it's fair to say it would. Did we side him since Enoch bought us? Yes. Joe, Dave. Is he a current player? A current Spurs player? Or current, current Spurs player? player? No. Is he a current player full stop? Yes. I'm going to go with Etienne Capou. No. Is he French? Yes. <laughs> is it is it Moussa Sissoko? It is Moussa Sissoko. <laughs> well done, Dave. <laughs> Dave just Very good. snuck in there at the end. Very good. You said French earlier. You said you said oh he's not French then earlier when I don't even know what prompted that and I was like oh god. Well I think this, it was we could be here a while. Player of the year, so it, I thought oh, yeah. I was going to go with Genoa. Dave is very good at this game. Has he won? 
has he won a trophy? And I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, technically, probably, I think. For France, yeah, he won a, won a few, <laughs> a few chunky ones. Actually, no, he wasn't. He wasn't in the either of the. Was he in the World Cup winning squad? Probably was, wasn't he? I don't know. No, I know he was in the final when they he lost. He was in the European Championship squad. He wasn't yeah. in the World Cup squad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we um, we destroyed any hopes he had of, or he destroyed any hopes of getting into the France team when he went to us. That was very doing well all right played, since he left. That was a good Double effort. Point, yeah. That was a good effort. Yeah, I did actually have a backup one in case that one was answered in about two questions, but maybe I'll save that for uh, for next week, shall I? By our standards, quite a snappy podcast. Quite happy with that. And yeah, so we're obviously we're going to talk about the Chelsea game next time we're back. And obviously, the uh, Elio, who are we playing in the FA Cup again? <laughs> 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 it's not often Elio makes any mistakes relating to football whatsoever, so we're just jumping on this one, aren't we? Well, like, I, thank can't, you I can't wait to everyone. listen to that back, by the way. <laughs> I honestly, I think we all thought when he said it disbelief when when elio said it a second time i think we all realized it was a joke it's not and then we realized it wasn't a joke (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry elio i'm sorry i wonder if you'll edit that out like you edit out all your mistakes (laughs) i I don't know what you're talking about i don't make any mistakes elio (laughs) (laughs) they're definitely gonna beat you guys yeah i think they might have they might have to now well uh we will be talking about that game and the chelsea game of course arguably more importantly next week and we will be very much looking forward to that and let's hope that we defy history and the odds and we get a great result against chelsea and we can be looking forward to a second leg going in with a lead and looking forward to the second half of the season with uh, everything to play for for top four and maybe even a trophy who would have thought it at the beginning of the season with all the drama that we might be in this position now it could all go horribly wrong but we will be here through thick and thin and of course you can tune in next week and listen to Plus Day podcast once again to discuss all things Spurs. Please get in touch, as I said before, on social media at Plus Day Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Email us at plusdaypodcast at gmail.com and we will hopefully be in just as good spirits next week. So until then, you stay classy Spurs fans and we'll see you next week. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they've done it!